This episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast was brought to you by the Australian Dermal and Laser Institute. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry, connecting you with educational pieces, innovative industry products and inspiration from industry experts. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Shaw. Our guest today is the founder of Aurora Spa and Aurora Spa Rituals, Lyndall Mitchell. Over the past 22 years, Lyndall has created a wellness ecosystem for her clients that enables them to realize the benefits of wellness in a way that is completely unique to them. She is devoted to her clients and driven by their success, Lyndall has focused her efforts on creating a multifunctional business that provides her clients with a selection of immersed experiences of the highest quality, which drive transformational change in their lives. This selection covers spa, products and coaching. Through spa, we see a nurturing environment and are able to give permission to pause. The A-Spa range of products are inspired by nature that infiltrate and calm the senses and the coaching program which allows for personal support. Lyndall gives her coaching clients permission to pause and ignites the hope required to fuel transformational change. Through her innate ability to form trusting connections, Lyndall cuts through the chatter and distraction of life to help her clients identify what is important to them create a clear future vision and guide them through the journey towards a fulfilled and happy life. Lyndall works her clients through a process of ignite, fuel and flourish. Igniting hope for a new vision and a future to align your personal values, fueling vision with the tools to take responsibility for your well-being and then finally we move into the chapter of flourishing by maintaining optimum engagement in life both physically spiritually emotionally and mentally i so hope you enjoy today's podcast as we explore all of these different virtues from aurora spa today we welcome lyndall mitchell Thank you, Tamara. I feel very privileged. (laughs) So we are talking everything Aurora Spa today and your first spa opened in 1997. Talk me through where that concept developed from. What did the landscape look like back then? Um, How did you feel in those moments? Mm, Quite a story to that one. So I guess I Really, I'll go back in time to give it some context for you. I grew up in Queensland in a beautiful place called Corumban Valley. And, you know, it was raw, it was wild, it was beautiful. And, you know, every day it sort of hit my five senses at such a young age. And it wasn't until, I guess, later in life that I realised how much value that had for my life. And, you know, when I took on more responsibility and life got busier, how much it's important to have that place where you can get that sense of energy. And that's what the farm really was for me. That's what growing up on the farm was like. The synchronicity of growing up on the farm meant that two properties away was Camp Eden Health Retreat, which was Australia's, mm. well, still is one of, um, pioneering health retreats, but it was the first one in Australia. And I was up there when I was 14 doing work experience and um, it planted a seed for me around, wow, there's these healthy, vibrant staff and these guests having an amazing time. But went back to living on the farm, even with my pet kangaroo. Couldn't be more Australian (laughs) if I tried. Um, And 
then when I was 18, I went back to Camp Eden and I spent the next five years working there. And I really started in the lowest paying office position and worked my way up to program director. And what I saw was clients coming in completely burnt out all the time. Mm. You know, there was burning the candle at both ends or maybe they were having some sort of um, just stress in their life, whether it was an emotional um, you know, a divorce they were going through or some sort of burnout or, or some type of addiction or, you know, maybe perhaps they were just wanting to be healthier and fitter. So, you know, I would um, work with these guests over that week and what I saw is that what I'd grown up with on the farm, you know, I'd seen wellness, you know, that's what we lived day in, day out. And what I saw at Camp Eden was wellness was the platform. That was what they worked on everyone with was getting their foundations back. And seeing the transformation that happened for these clients really solidified my belief in wellness and the power of what it can do. And I guess I got to work with some incredible leaders and mentors in that space and the learning was really steep and really awesome um, for me there and I did that for five years and um, I guess the work ethic that I learned on the farm really helped me because you had to work 100 hours in one week and have a week off, 100 hours on and have a week off. So wow. it was fairly extreme, but in doing that, I got to see the difference that was made. And what I became incredibly passionate about as time went on is that um, how are we supporting these clients post-retreat experience? So they go in and they have this amazing transformation. How do they then, you know, take that into real world living you know it's great when you're in a secluded environment and everything's conducive for wellness but how do you actually do that at home in the busyness with kids and businesses and everything else going on how do you help to make yourself a priority and actually keep those commitments going and when I looked around I saw that there really wasn't that place for people to go to of that support where you could continue on with the things you learned at retreat and that was the seed, you know, all those years ago that was planted <laughs> for me around, I want to create an urban retreat. And an urban retreat is one where you continue on with after you've been to a health retreat. Or if you don't want to go away to retreat, you can come to us for an hour or two hours to be that place that really supports and nourishes you, refuels you, ready for you to be the best version of yourself personally and professionally and whatever that recipe that looks like for you. So... Back, um, I was 23 at the time, in 97, um, that was really what was my inspiration. It was seeing that I could support clients on further from that, that retreat experience. I didn't want the retreat experience to be a crash diet. Mm. I wanted it to be a way of life. And, you know, th that was what really fueled um, the concept of starting Aurora. And, and at that time, there were no spas in Australia. So right. there were plenty in Europe and plenty in the US. And I'm completely inspired by the European model where they really value wellness and they see the benefit of it. Because the issue that I had you know, in 97 is that you're a hippie or, you know, you're really woo-woo and how's it going to add value and why are you telling me to stop when I want to go harder, you know, and all those things. Yeah. So it was a really interesting time and I learned a lot through that process. Now, thankfully, it's evolved and people really want wellness and are seeking it out and they value it and that's been a real shift. But it's, it's taken a little while. It's taken some time. I love how you've said there, to keep the retreat going. I listened to um, a podcast the other day with Emma Isaacs, the founder of Business Chicks, mm -hmm. who's such an inspiration for me, obviously, trying to run an online community. And she, uh, somebody said to her, 
how do you find time or how do you find balance? And she said, for me, there is no balance. I go 150% all the time and then I'll check myself into a wellness retreat like Gwindana for the week and then I come back and I'm doing 110%, you know, and obviously you know, in that kind of capacity it's working for her and she's got five kids as well. She's an absolute superwoman but it's kind of like I love that the concept you've got is that, well, you shouldn't have to burn the wick so that you are completely maximized, that you actually have to go and have a, and a week of downtime in a retreat before you can refuel again. So yours is almost like that beautiful transition. Well, once you've come out of the retreat so that you don't deplete all of the energy, here's our little sustenance, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And Emma Isaacs is so inspiring on so many levels and her level of capacity is what yeah. I'm completely <laughs> inspired by, having two kids and you know, two businesses and, you know, mm. I see the juggle that goes on and I, I am in awe of the capacity that she has. It's quite incredible. I guess I just know my own capacity is not that. Mm. And, yes. <laughs> um, and I, for me, it's about the, the, the purpose and the meaning of every day, you know, and, and doing things that have great meaning and me being able to show up being the best version of myself. So it's just a different recipe for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you've mentioned the the landscape between Australia and European and US. And um, I must give a shout out to all of our US um, listeners. I realized just the other day that we have a 43% um, audience of US uh, listeners. So hello from Australia. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like you said, the landscape is so different. Even when I was working on cruise ships, you would have these beautiful French women come on the cruise ships as we were sailing around Europe and just it was not a question whether they were going to purchase products or whether they were going to come to the spa. It was just what they naturally were ingrained in as a little child. And so in Australia, we've only just really started to ride the wellness, I'll call it ride, within the last kind of 10 years, as you mentioned. So what were those first years of business looking like for yourself and for Aurora? Yeah, I guess um, the European model, I do really see that that was a way of life and that's what I resonate mm. with. And I must say when I started Aurora, I was only a couple of years in when I decided to do some spa research and I visited 60 spas in six weeks and a lot of those were in the US wow. because there's some incredible spas, you know, in Vegas where there's so many clients and, you know, there's like 300 clients in one spa and I'm like, how do you not wow. lose your clients? How do you do that? <laughs> you know, like, it was bamboozling for me and two of my most favourite spas in the world one is in the US um, Miyamo in Sedona so I I think that is a a phenomenal spa um, experience when I went there it's really so incredibly authentic and um, really embraces the natural surroundings and my other one was in a tiny town called Vals in Switzerland Um, Mm -hmm. Thermae Vals again just a, a spectacular spa environment that involved the whole community in the building of the project and it's so authentic to their environment and they've embraced exactly what they're all about and it's completely inspiring for me. I love it. I want to get back there one day, either (laughs) of those. Um, But what was it like in the early days of Aurora? Well, luckily I'd grown up on a farm. So, again, you know, my mindset was perseverance and failure really wasn't an option. Um, you know, I was 23 years old, so I'd say there's a little bit of naivety in there as well. <laughs> um, not the business experience that I, I guess I've gained over that 
time that I'm incredibly grateful for. But I I did have a, a very strong work ethic, which my parents showed me from such a young age. You know, living on the farm, the work's never done. And that really held me in great stead for, for my career, both at um, the health retreat when I was working long hours and then when I went into running my own business. And I guess it was it was so exciting to create something of your own, you know, and to see people actually resonating with it and to see people coming in and leaving and you'd made a difference. Mm. And that's what I'd, you know, had out of a, you know, a, a week experience at Camp Eden, but I was actually getting that now out of one hour. And that was really exciting. Like, look how much we can do in an hour if we really focus on maximum results in the minimum amount of time. So that was always the ethos behind the thinking with what I was doing. It was exciting. It was hard work. I was doing everything. So, you know, from picking up the phone to cleaning the toilet to washing the (laughs) sheets to making the lunches, doing the juices, you know, I, I was across everything at the start because you had to be, you know, it was, mm. that's what life, the business is like when you're starting out. And then slowly over time I was able to um, engage and have more um, team members join me and um, help with that process. I guess the focus back then there was no social media. <laughs> so with growing the business, my focus was pretty simple and it was that if every person that walks in the door has an experience well beyond their expectations, that is our marketing. Mm. So that's all we need to do. Let's not make this really complicated. Let's actually just focus on that happening. So that was a, a, a mantra, I guess, that I really lived by uh, because a spa is a very personal experience. And when you've had an incredible experience, what do you want to do? Yeah, tell everyone about it. You want to share it with the world. Yeah. Mm. And that's what happened. That's how we grew and evolved. And that's how Hugh Jackman heard about us and came in and did a full <laughs> session on a full um, interview with us and did a whole day with us on Foxtel. And that then led to being on the Good Morning Show. And, you know, that all just cascaded and helped when we didn't have the sort of instant way to market now with social media really helping that. And we didn't even have a marketing budget. (laughs) (laughs) Paying the rent was the challenge, you know. It's just seeing enough people through the month in order to pay the rent. It was like every month that was my focus, just get enough people through to pay the rent and focus on every experience being beyond their expectations. And, And that was really how we built it in the early days. That's amazing. Well, that was going to be my next question is that, you know, you've gained this international recognition before social media and the internet is what it is today and how did you gain traction so early in the piece? But when you when you say we just focused on giving our clients the best experience or an exceptional experience possible, then social media and the internet doesn't really need to be existing when you're giving that kind of service to your clients. Yeah, I guess it helps. Um, yeah, <laughs> it all helps. And, you know, obviously we're right in it now. It all helps. But I think it comes back to what you're doing every day and how strong the core is. You know, for us, um, I've been able to identify what, you know, the business, the vision, the mission, and, and most importantly, the values of the business and the fact that we all need to be aligned to those values every day. And, mm. It's not, you know, if someone's out of alignment, it's not you've done this wrong. It's about what part of the values are you not in alignment with? You know, there's always those conversations about being really clear about the culture, 
of what we're what we're creating. Mm, I'm so big on um, everyone from, you know, the general manager or the business owner to the therapist to the clients, everyone through the whole customer journey, understanding what the values of the business are because, as you said, when it becomes a little bit distorted, well, then the therapist is travelling through the business servicing clients with their own personal values which may not align with the business or the client comes into the business because of the said values. So so important that you understand and you teach everyone along all paths the different values of the business but that you understand them and that you have those and that they're your non-negotiables yeah and similar with that um, is our mission as well so our mission Mm. is something that all of our team are well aware of and we live it every day and um, I guess it's evolved over the years to be you know, at the start, it was everyone having experience well beyond their expectation. And now that there are so many touch points, I guess, through that experience that we have the product company as well, that this mission goes across everything. And, you know, it's the way that I can explain what I'm trying to uh, visualize and what I would love the clients mm. to experience. And it's not technical in any way. <laughs> so <laughs> whenever we, whenever I do the training with our team, you know, I, our mission is to consistently deliver the R factor and the R factor is that complete moment of surrender for the clients when they can just go ah (laughs) so we aim for that to be from the moment that client makes the call to make the reservation it's about how present how focused are we how ready are we to deliver a consultation so that we can identify what those clients objectives are which is sometimes not the treatment they think they're booking in for Yes. So it's actually being present and ready. Then it's the first point of arrival. Then it's the spa host. Then after that, it's the therapist and back down to the spa host and then departure and then marketing after that point. So every touch point along that experience, we need to consistently deliver the R factor. So that's why we have our own herbal tea in the lounge. That's why the conversation that our therapists will have with our clients is very directed and very specific I have this certain thing which I talk about and you know in the industry you might think oh you're so (laughs) crazy (laughs) (laughs) or you're so strict or whatever it is but it's really helped (laughs) us evolve our culture and you know the one thing I really don't like in the spa and my staff know it very well is that when we see a client and we say to them so how was your day Mm. Now that phrase gives us nothing to work with because it actually just takes your client straight back to, well, I've actually had a busy day and I was trying to find a park. I couldn't find a park, but then I got a phone call. When I got a phone, it was about my child. And then I thought, oh, I can, we've actually just spent all this time trying to bring them into this environment. Mm. And we asked them one fairly meaningless question, which takes them back out into it all and relives that experience, which doesn't help them to go into that sense of surrender. So instead, we want to ask people, how are you feeling today? What are your objectives? What are you wanting to achieve out of your experience today? So, you know, in every moment really matters in order for us to have maximum results in the minimum amount of time. So it's a really important part of our culture is developing the fact that you know, we want to be really directed and clear with the conversation that we're leading mm. so that we can actually give the client the best results. 
and that's where I guess I started developing the products um, that's how that happened because it was about there's two elements to the actual treatment experience which is the treatment technique and then there's the product you use so they both need to be so focused and clear and as therapeutic as possible to give the client maximum results but there's all the other touch points that need to also be consistent so that when someone's sitting at their computer and it's a week after their treatment and a little aurora email pops up they have that ah there it is Mm, so special so it's 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 sort of in the treatment and also beyond that and if someone isn't able to come into the spa and they're um able to purchase one of our products and they're not even in the state where our spas are I would our our aim is that they open that product and it's that uh, that sense of surrender mm. and ultimately you know, my belief in wellness is around giving people me moments and you know with the products it's about helping to inspire more me moments because there is no doubt life is getting busier. We're seeing clients come in the spas overworked, overwhelmed, overscheduled. They're not slowing down. They want to achieve more. And so it's how do we actually support them and, I guess, inform or educate as we go to be that doctor of spa, to help them find their own recipe. And that's where I see our products as those tools of self-care. And, you know, if you sit your hand cream on your or your body cream on your um, bathroom um, bench, that when you, you use that product, you have those three seconds where you apply it and you take a deep breath and it's that. <sighs> and if you have those during the day, that's what helps to keep the stress at bay. That's what they're the resets that make a difference. Mm. And when you give a treatment, as you're describing in the treatment room, just that sensory smell of a product or, you know, the prompt of an email, it almost just transports you back to that moment. And it's incredible what that little moment of pause in the middle of a busy day, as you're saying, can do for one. <laughs> that's, that's a great point because that's actually how the products were born, which is sort of by default really. And I was, <laughs> you know, in the early days, as well as making the juices and the lunches and all that stuff, I was actually hand mixing our products. So I was hand mixing body creams and exfoliants and essential oils and trying to work out what are clients really resonating with, you know, what's the, mm. the, the best product for their skin that's getting the best results, what's the essential oil that's really helping their nervous system and helping them to slow down and unwind. And, you know, it was through the process of actually doing the products that it wasn't until the day that I gave a client some body cream in a Ziploc bag that I went, <laughs> ah, this is no longer professional. So, <laughs> this is the point where you need to put this in a bottle and so uh, that was when I started actually developing the products with chemists who obviously knew the formulations much better than I did and essential oil consultants that were incredible and knew about every oil all over the world so it was a that was a journey but that was I guess the moment when I, I thought it's time to actually put the products into, <laughs> into some packaging because Clients would then take that home and that would um, jolt that memory back to the treatment table, back to having that moment of self-care, which inspired them to have a me moment. Mm, how special. And it's so interesting that you've almost gone the other way around to a lot of business owners where a business owner will start with the idea that 
they want to open a product range or they want to develop a product range. But for you, it was more of an extension of, well, I'm servicing the clients. This is the kind of experience they're having. I'm giving them product in a Ziploc bag. How can I continue that at home? So was it was it ever before that that you thought I want to have my own product range or was it literally within that kind of light bulb moment for you that you thought, hang on, this could be something that I could further investigate? So my priority is always the client. It's mm. always about the client experience and my background is not beauty, it's wellness. So when I was in the retreat, I was, you know, qualified in fitness and in outdoor education and all those sorts of things, not beauty, or even though I worked with a lot of beauticians and, mm. and, and you know, I, I knew a lot about the industry. I hadn't formally qualified as a massage therapist um, qualification as well. So I'd done more body and beauty work. The, the product was born about how do we give clients the best, you know, mm. how do we actually take that? And all of our products in the range, you know, we've started with a body range because that's what we know best, you know, and, and this is about not 50 products. This is about the best we can create. And, mm. you know, why create 10 oils when we only need two? And let's focus everything on those two oils and make them exceptional and make it the best of spa in a sense, like the best of our spa um, products and treatments. So every, if I go back a step, when I was creating the product, I guess I, I looked at treatments first. So it's what products do we need in these treatments to be exceptional? So it always came around being centered around the treatment experience. So, um, what's the best hand cream that we can create for our hand you know, manicures and our hand treatments. So what would it look like if it was able to really penetrate the skin? It's not greasy. It works on the cuticles. It, it helps the nails. What, how can we create that product? And we had 38 reformulations on our hand cream. Wow. It went back and back and back in order to refine it, tweak it and get it better. Mm. So, it was always around how do we deliver the best possible experience in the treatment. And then botanically active was important to me because of my love of nature and so much, um, I see so much value in that for clients um, of what it can do. So it's always got to be botanically active. So the botanical actives are in their therapeutic levels and also about the third pillar was skin friendly and this is about what we don't put in the products that we're proud of and this was really around, you know, for me, um, if I wouldn't put it on myself then I'm not going to put it on a client and our thermal balm is probably an example of that where we've got a rosemary and clove thermal balm which we use in all our deep tissue massage. Mm. So that's one of our most popular treatments and I was always thinking how can we make it even better? You know, everyone's got sore shoulders so um, especially with computers and phones. So I thought, okay, let's use like a thermal balm on, on the shoulders while we're working on the rest of the body. And when I looked into it, a lot of them are uh, made with a base of petrochemicals. So mm. I wouldn't put that on myself. I wouldn't put that on a client. So that's how that inspired us to go to what would a natural version look like of this. And that's how I guess every product has its own personality of how it's come to life in the spa. You know, our hair mask, our bottle seed, body scrub, they all came from our signature treatment, which is in the steam room. And it has to, those products have to stand up to some pretty harsh conditions and they see a lot of different skin types. So we've used them for years before we actually went to market with them. And mm. that's why we were 
I guess it was an easy evolution for us when they went into Mecca um, because we knew they were so tried and tested. Our clients already loved them. Mm. And it was just now having them, making them available. But it was, I guess, the premise of it all was coming back to delivering the clients the most powerful experience and that being a product that really delivered um, for their skin, for their mind and gave them that sense of, ah, that sense of surrender. That's so incredible. And I love how you've said there that you're being specialists rather than generalists. You know, you're not having 40 different essential oils. You've got two because you've perfected them so many times. And I think as business owners, sometimes we get excited, especially when we attend trade shows and we see all of these new products and it's all exciting and we're really wowed by the sensory experience. But sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming and we tend to have too many SKUs or product ranges and we really aren't focusing on, well, what does my client need and what's going to be the best service for my client at the end of the day rather than just having products full of, or shelves full of products. Absolutely. And I see that going through to treatment menus as well. Mm. So I see that across, you know, that's one of my learnings really with the product range is that we all think every product has to have a different aroma and every product needs to have its own um, personality. You know, if I had my time again, I probably would just pick two or three blends and mm. that would be the whole range because actually clients are not looking for variety. We get excited no. by it. Yeah. They actually like things to be the same. There's, we've got our signature relax essential oil that we put in our hand wash and it goes in a couple of other products. They're the, client, they're the products that absolutely clients love because it's our signature aroma so I sometimes think you know variety is exciting for us but our clients are not actually looking for it because they are it's we're in an era where there is information overload we've got stuff coming at us in all different forms and we need to I think one of our jobs is to make it simpler and easier for our clients and our treatment menu is a very simple treatment menu and over the years I have culled it down from having, you know, five body wraps, from having 15 massages to, mm-hmm. to really culling it down, clients are not looking for that. They don't want to be overwhelmed. They don't need more confusing decisions. Mm. Our job is to help them know which treatment is right and then to to book that for them, not to to give them all these different decisions, which just becomes completely overwhelming for them. So I think... Um, I'm a big believer in do less and do it better. Amazing. Couldn't agree more. And I read that over 20,000 guests pass through Aurora every year. So you're obviously doing something very well. But how does that feel as a business owner, knowing that you're giving people that moment of tranquility in such a busy world that we're all running around in now? Mm, Yeah, great question. Look, at the end of the day, it's incredibly humbling would be my honest view. And over the years, what has happened, I guess, is the business has become bigger and which requires more staffing. And in that process, I have probably, um, I'm not as active with our guests as what I used to be. So I mm-hmm. don't see as much of, as the tra- of the transformation that I used to. So I guess I've, you know, fast forward to where we are now. I have designed my work week so I do actually have intentional interaction with our clients. So I do um, a small amount of executive coaching where I take on a certain amount of clients 
and sometimes I take them on for the year or for six months and I actually work with those clients and they're generally entrepreneurs or someone that has their own business or someone management level that needs some someone as a as a life strategist someone to actually help them craft and create the life they want to live and Mm. that has been a really wonderful thing for me to keep my finger on the pulse I guess in Mm. in in the inspiration that gives me it's it's so fueling to see clients make changes you know live their life on purpose with meaning and have such happiness in their life that you can tap into for them and they have all the skills and the resources within them but it's actually drawing that out and showing them how to use that in a framework that in order you know them to be flourishing at the end of the day so you know the 20,000 guests every year is amazing that we can make a difference and what an honor for us as a team to be a part Mm. of that process and it's one that I don't take lightly at all and I love being a spa host um, every now and again when I get the opportunity at Aurora where, uh, you know, that's where you see clients going into their treatment and then coming out. And it's that moment that I always think this is, I'm so lucky to do something I'm so passionate about or I'm so connected to and I love so much. And every time I spend time with our clients, that's that's how I feel. And I know it's it, it goes, flows through all of our team as well. How special. <laughs> Truly is. We will be back with more of the Beauté Industry podcast after this short message from our sponsors. The Australian Dermal and Laser Institute is currently offering educational classes across Australia and online to raise the standard of skin technology and education. They offer courses in IPL, laser hair and tattoo removal, LED, plasma, skin needling and more. To book an educator in your space or to attend a workshop, visit www.dermalandlaser.com.au for more information. Um, Earlier you were saying that your um, initial background before you opened the spas and um, kind of not so aligned with the beauty world was the wellness world and I think Um, As I mentioned before, wellness and the trend has kind of gone a little bit bananas, you know, in the the more recent days with everyone jumping on the green smoothie bandwagon. And even when I first started in the industry, you know, 10, 11 years ago, I remember I said to um, my partner's friend, I work in a spa. And he said, oh, I didn't think girls would go around fixing spas. Like he thought it was literally a spa. And I said, no, no, we do, you know, wraps and scrubs and massage. And, and it was very woo-woo and, oh, my goodness, what, what are you doing? You know, who's going there? <laughs> um, but nowadays the wellness mission and kind of mantra has evolved so much. Um, what does it mean for you? Is it still the same reflections that you have? Have growing up and going to those retreats or has the world um, kind of morphed into something different in your eyes mm, can I just go back and tell you something funny as well yeah when the um with the spa when we moved from our initial uh, place that we were renting on Beaconsfield Parade we moved to our purpose-built facility 
at the Prince Hotel, which is our flagship spa, and that was $1.6 million to do the fit-out, and that's 18 years ago, so you can imagine what it would wow. be. And unfortunately, I didn't have that in my bank account, and um, <laughs> so we needed to go about getting investors on board, and there were no spas in Australia at the time. So mm. when we were knocking on doors trying to get investors, you know, everyone thought we were manufacturing bathtubs. Like yeah. no one knew what we were doing. It's like we were a spa. Like, you know, we'd have to be, I'd be telling them about it, but it was getting people to believe in the dream because no one had a clue what a spa was. <laughs> so it has, it has evolved. And when I look at when I started, you know, a couple of the hotels had a remedial massage room potentially, mm. a grungy one. Um, <laughs> and now, you know, to look where we are and how many incredible spas there are, you know, in Australia but also overseas, it's, it's phenomenal. For wellness for me, um, Wellness is a way of life. You know, that's pretty simply what it is for me. It's a well it's a way of life. It is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual balance. So every day for me, that's how I bring the you know, how do I bring those elements into my life? So physically, how am I um, eating, moving, sleeping, and nourishing my body? So those sorts of four things are, are paramount you know, every day. Mentally, it's around, you know, how focused and clear am I? Emotionally, how positive to negative am I feeling? So how am I inducing more positive feelings? Mm. And spiritual is about the purpose and the connection piece, about what's bringing great meaning and purpose. So for me, wellness is is a way of life. You know, a lot of my clients will say to me, so what happens when you go on holidays? Like what happens when you go to <laughs> Bali for a holiday? And I said, the same thing happens in my routine. You know, I get up at 5.30 and I go and exercise and I do my journaling and my meditation. I go and do all of that. And they go, even on your holiday? And I said, well, <laughs> this is something I choose to do. I know I'm going to lie on that day bed around the pool all day and that's awesome. <laughs> but I have those, I guess, core fundamental foundations that support me to be the best mum, wife, friend, you know, mm. all of those different roles that we all play in our lives. So it doesn't just, it's not a tap I turn on and off. It is something that I try to embrace um, every moment. And don't get me wrong, there's there's times when, you know, things go pear-shaped and I um, drain my energy too much and some of those won't be fully at their best and that's just a way of me over the years gaining those insights to know it's time to get myself back into balance because I think one of the the greatest markers of our health is our energy mm. so that's the 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 sign for me if my energy has dropped that's the sign that I need to refuel either physically mentally emotionally or spiritually and I guess that's the thing I, I talk about a lot is that you know it is a real it's an easy marker for us all to see, you know, how much uh, energy do you have? And I guess I love to ask my clients, you know, what would life be like with 20% more energy? Mm. And it's interesting because you say, oh, maybe I'll eat a little bit better or maybe I'll exercise more or maybe I'll do, you know, and and it's possible for us to have 20% more energy. It's very much about the small things you do every day make the greatest difference in your life overall. So, it is that you're taking the time to prepare your food. You know, every Sunday I allocate time to food preparation. So I do a lot of travel. So whether I'm in Melbourne or not, I allocate that time to my food. My girlfriend that um, I travel with often, she actually says to me, you travel with more food than clothes. It's like a <laughs> travelling cafe. And I, I want to eat food that 
fuels me, that actually gives me energy. And generally, aeroplane food you know, may not, you know, or what you're getting <laughs> at the airport may not, but if you actually are prepared and organised, then you're in control of your energy. You're in control of where you hit that as well. So exercise, moving daily. Um, you, I have what we call bookends of the day, and that means the way I start my day and the way I finish my day are always the same. And oh, I love that. That sort of frames my day so that no matter what happens during the day, whatever curveball you get thrown, that you've got that, that foundation and that resilience so that you're not as reactive. And that's ultimately what we, we want with emotional intelligence is to have a higher level of mm. um, awareness so that we're not reactive, that we can actually step back from the decision and look at it and see what is the best solution rather than reacting and getting emotionally hijacked into it. So the way I start my day with movement, with meditation, the way I finish my day with med- um, with gratitude journal and breathing and my products that I use every night, they're, they're just a given. That's the way I, I do my day. And, you know, I've got a 11-year-old and a 14-year-old um, husband and a dog and everything <laughs> else going on but you know at 5 30 in the morning till 6 30 I've out that time for myself with no interruptions and mm. that's what I've sort of done over the years is found where are those moments those little um, golden moments that you could carve out for yourself because they all make a difference whether it's doing a one minute meditation at my desk at work um, having that hour in the morning, they all make a difference in that level of self-care, that foundation of you. Mm, well, I was going to say you're a mum of two, so does that mm. impact how much wellness you inject into your day? Because I guess so many um, business owners in, in the beauty industry are also mums and we're juggling the mental load and what we're going to do for dinner and the husband and all of that. And people often say to me, I had a lot of wellness or I had a lot of mindfulness and time to myself before I became a mum. And so you're saying you've got the two bookends of the day and so your day always finishes the same but the day is never the same in the middle. Um, how how do you focus on, you know, giving enough to your children and your husband but then still having a full cup yourself? Mm, so um, I guess I'd say my values guide me every day. So my values are the things that guide my ship personally and they are health, family happiness and financial security. So they're the three things that I'm constantly aligning with throughout the day and family happiness doesn't actually mean are my kids happy, is my husband happy Family happiness means am I being that best version of myself within those roles? So am I being a very present, warm, nurturing mum because that's what I want to be? So am I being a fun, inspiring wife because that's what my husband signed up for 20 years ago? And if I'm not being that, it's time for me to go back to my diary and look at what I'm doing wrong. How am I Mm. overscheduling myself? What am I actually doing that impacts on that? So... I do think that um, my values are the thing that keep me focused and it is definitely evolving. I would say that it doesn't ever stay the same because as your children grow, your routine evolves as well. You know, when my children were young, you know, in their twos and fives and that sort of age group, it was very physical. 
Mm. It was physical energy I needed to keep up with them and to be Mm. able to provide what I needed to provide for them and the support. But now, especially I've got a teenager, it's actually probably more mental and emotional capacity that I need. So it's sort of shifted. So my routine will, I guess, evolve to have more of that capacity. And I, I'm in constantly injecting it into um, into my daughter's world. <laughs> in fact, my um, my one of my daughters did a presentation at school about um, why she wanted to fundraise for a conservation group. And one of her points as to why she should do this is because my mum's one of those healthy ones. No. <laughs> one of those are healthy ones I was like oh that's interesting <laughs> it's part of her presentation but they definitely <laughs> see it as sometimes that most of the time they see it as a disadvantage because it's like well, why can't we eat more sugar and why can't yeah. we be on our technology more and all those sorts of things and I guess it just comes back to those values about you know yeah. how how I'm um, providing I guess the best environment for them um but you know I think it's about as as much of that as it also about the mental and emotional ability to accept them for who they are and to be able to role model um and self-care I think is really important I've got two girls um Poppy's 14 and Grace is 11 and I think particularly for young girls you know confidence and building self-love and self-care I think mm. is a big part of that so it's probably that's more on my radar now as they age you know so as a it, it just sort of evolves and I guess the foundations of my health physical mental emotional spiritual are core to all of that mm. that makes sense yeah. yeah absolutely and so special that you're recognizing the shift in them and that you know as we go through different um, eras of our life and different times then you as a mum need to change and adapt to what they need because they're always um, changing especially with girls as well Mm, yeah they are daily (laughs) (laughs) and I want to go into um, burnout here because obviously um, in this in this kind of moment that we're in in life while we can still recognise our values and our mission and show ourselves self-love and give back, there are still the burnout. Well, the burnout does happen and we do run low on energy. And so I want to ask you, how does one recognise that they're heading towards burnout? Because I can imagine you probably see some clients or, you know, people that come into the spa and you think, hmm, you really needed to be here a month ago, not today, because you're already burnt out. Mm -hmm. So how does one know that they're going towards that stage? I think it's when your tank's empty. You know, Mm -hmm. we all know what that feels like. When your tank's empty, you're getting triggered reactively, you know, emotionally, things are triggering you. Um, Most people get a sense of when they're heading down that path. And for me, it's just to look at someone to know and to talk to them as well. But energy is a big marker of it and when your energy has dropped then you know we really um we get to the bottom of our tank and you know for some people it can be that they're really emotional for some people it's that everything is overwhelming how Mm. could I possibly eat well how could I possibly move when I can't even get out of bed you know it's it's everything becomes the whole proposition of even taking care of yourself becomes such a chore and you know I do coach a lot of clients that 
Irene, you know, I've coached a lot of female lawyers recently and they're a, a very go-getter group of women um, that mm-hmm. I've worked with and a lot of them are on the cusp of burnout and when I look at it, you know, they are high achievers, they are doing a lot but they're doing it from a place of adrenaline and mm. it's like fake energy. And when they actually do stop, you have to just start refueling every day. It's the things that you're doing that are refueling. And rather than go, okay, I'm going to get fit, I'm now going to start running, just go for a walk in nature and sit mm. in nature and actually start topping up your tank in a way that is kind and compassionate to you. Because so often when we get into these spaces of feeling overwhelmed, we get angry with ourselves and frustrated. Why can't I do more? Emma Isaacs can do more. How come I can't do more? You know, I haven't got five kids. I've only got two. What am I doing? Mm. Well, everyone is unique and individual and it's about accepting who you are, loving who you are and coming up with a plan of action for you, not for anyone else. So really... Running your own race, I think, is really important. You know, we're in an era where judgment is at an all-time high. Yeah. You're seeing someone having their green smoothies and doing yoga and looking fabulous, and that's all great, but there's a lot there you don't know. And it's not even really, do you need to know it? You know, mm. What if we actually put the energy that we spend looking at other things into ourselves? And that's where I guess I come to down to what are your boundaries for yourself? And one of the things that I've seen, which is an easy one for people to do because it's not actually asking more of you, it's just creating boundaries, is that technology has come in with such gusto and it's got so many amazing attributes that we all love, accessibility and flexibility and all the different um, things that we can do with it. But people feel like they have to be available all Mm. the time. But we all want more space and more time. So what are your technology boundaries? When do you actually down tools and switch off? Because our minds need this time to decompress. The current research is around that, you know, we need a minimum of one hour before bed off all our devices, blue lit devices, Mm. in order to give our minds the time it needs to truly unwind and rest. So the first thing that I'd say if you're feeling you know, overwhelmed or you're feeling low in energy, remove your phone from the bedroom. If you've got your phone next to your bed, remove that device from the bedroom and start looking at some technology boundaries about when you switch off at night and then when you switch on in the morning. So an example of that would be, um, you know, what is the time that you're all going to be off technology? Now, having two children, um, I don't want them sleeping with their phones in their bedroom, so I need to model that. So in our household, there's no phones in any bedrooms. It's just a flat rule. Whenever friends come over, it doesn't matter. There are no, there's never a device in the bedrooms. The bedrooms are sacred spaces. So that is number one. Then the next one is at um, a certain time every night, ours is eight o'clock every night, all devices are away. Because, you know, sitting on the lounge and you've got people scrolling through, you know, Instagram, whatever, Snapchat, Mm. whatever's going on, breaking news, that's just coexisting. That's not actually thriving and connecting as a family. So we have a a technology shelf for each person. So at 8 o'clock, 
round about then, all the devices get put away, charged, and they're done for that night. Because so often if you go to bed and you have that phone next to your bedside table, you lie into bed and you think, I might just check and see, did something yeah. else happen? <laughs> or did something else, da, 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 And there goes your whole mind. Now what you're trying to do is give yourself more energy. You, you have that valuable real estate up there in your head. And how much are we filling with stuff that actually should bring you more value or more purpose or more meaning? So if you're getting work emails on your phone, even if you're not, if you've got that subconscious connection there to that, to that device where you can swipe and find out anything you want. If you can remove that device from the bedroom, it really does change the quality of people's lives in the, the quality of sleep that they're getting, both the quality and the quantity. And mm. it really comes back to giving your mind and your body that downtime and that rest because if you're sleeping with the phone next to your bed, then you wake up in the morning and what's the first thing you do? Yeah, oh, picking just, it up. I might just check, did an email come through? Did my, what's happening on Insta? Da, 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 da. <laughs> now that is starting your day and allowing other people to influence you rather than you taking control of the way you want to live your life and do it the other way around. So for me, I'm on technology when I'm at my desk and I'm ready to deal with my emails and see what's going on. That's when I switch on in the morning. So it's a very clear switch off time and a very clear switch on time. And everyone might be different, but I had clients that were, you know, lying in bed 5 a.m. running through their emails. Now, they weren't going to respond to the emails at that time, but that will, will trigger a stress response at some level, whether it's moderate, extreme, or even in the middle. But that will trigger a stress response. And on average, we're triggering a stress response about 12 times a day. This is a response that's designed for when there's a tiger coming at you from the bush, you know, once every two weeks or once a month. Mm. (laughs) So we've got to protect our health. And, you know, when we're triggering off our stress response, It is having an effect on prematurely aging us. It is having an impact on our health. So I see there's this time that we do have in our lives that we can actually shift the focus. And rather than your phone being your master, your phone needs to be your servant. And I have on my phone apps that actually really support um, my health and well-being. So I love Insight Timer. That's a free meditation app and I've actually got I think I've got six meditations recorded on there so a lot of my clients do those meditations quite often so you know that's where you can put things on there that actually support your health and well-being I've got a breathing app I've got my meditation app you can have um, to-do list apps you can have these things and when my screensaver when I turn my phone on, I've handwritten my values and taken a photo of them. So that's my screensaver. So every Mm. time I check my phone, I'm checking my values. So these things are just small things, but over time they make a big difference. So to remove the phone from the bedroom makes a big difference to the quality and the quantity of your sleep, which then impacts how you eat, how you move, how clear you feel during the day, how excited you are for your vision. It really impacts everything and it impacts whether you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And that's a that's a small thing that's not actually adding more into your life. Like it's not a chore, I guess, of adding mm. telling you to go for a 10K run. It's actually saying, let's optimize the time you've already got. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're exhausted, 
then look at the time you've already got and let's optimize that time first. And then you can bring you in later when you actually have the energy and the capacity for it. But too often people feel exhausted and energized and they're just still pushing as hard as they can. Mm. That's when you get to breaking point. It's about... Um, there's a, if, you know, there's a great book, a couple of great books that I love, but one is The Extreme Art of Self-Care by Cheryl Richardson. And if you struggle with taking time out and feel guilty and you know, all those sorts of emotions go with it, read that book because she'll give you some real value around what it's like. And I heard a quote yesterday and it said, it's sitting here on my computer, nothingness refuels you. Mm. It's the value of actually having those moments of nothingness which maybe we used to have before we had you know as much technology we'd be more daydreaming which was yes. actually good for our health and now we feel all of that space so that's a long way to answer that question but I think <laughs> um, boundaries around technology are really valuable yeah and I guess everyone realizing what it, what it is that is the sign for them for burnout you know so for me I just feel extremely tired, you know, and I've just come out of a full-time job and um, now have just gone into beauty industry full-time. And before when I was in my full-time job, people would say, I don't know how you do it all. You're running your businesses on the side. You're doing this full-time job. And I would joke and I said, well, I'm running on coffee and dry shampoo, which I always was. (laughs) That was my adrenal. And I was just being very reactive Um, And just exactly as you said, just coexisting. Whereas since I finished up that full-time job, um, I have a lot more flexibility about my day now and I'm finding my body just wanting to sleep. You know, in the morning, I normally would wake up at um, four or five and I would have an hour on emails and then I would go into the office and I would, you know, get into my car and go around and see people. Whereas now I'm using that extra time to sleep and people are saying to me, you look so happy and rested and energized because I'm not focusing on, as you said, the 5 a.m. emails. That was me. The 2 a.m. emails. That was me. You know, mm. um, and and realizing, okay, when I am tired, I need to honor that and not just keep on pushing and not just say to myself, okay, I'll have another coffee or, um, you know, let's get some chocolate or whatever it might be, so that I can keep going beyond my boundary because now in realizing that if I don't get that sleep, then I am reactive and I'm narky and that's when burnout will happen for me. So I guess Mm. it's different for everyone and they need to understand what their kind of sign is. Yeah, I think it is a personal recipe and and that's what you're doing, honoring that. And I also think part of it is getting clear on what it is you really want in your life and sometimes that can take some reflection time. You know, for me, I guess fast forward to where I am now, I've got – Aurora and a spa so we are we've got our spa locations and we've got our product company and we're on board with Qantas and we do about a million units a year with Qantas with our products Mm. and the products sit on many different levels as well with stores and different spas and beauty um, salons and then um, so I add value where I can to that business and Mm. then I also started a business three years ago with a girlfriend where we actually take these wellness skills into the corporate it's called the the corporate retreat the boardroom retreat sorry Mm. and we do what's called a master class of wellness where we unpack you know skills in order to practical skills that you can do at your desk 
in order to have a higher level of wellness. And that's then, I guess, morphed into writing books. And um, so we've published three books and the third one is coming out next month. Um, Congratulations. Thank How you. exciting. Thank you very much. This, this next one, and I guess the topic of we always write around what clients are wanting and the topic of the next book um, or the, the title is called Restore and it's 20 Self-Care Tips to Regain Your Energy. And so this is, this is, I guess, um, how I've, I guess, come to what's really important to me. And it's, you know, going into the corporate space, doing the big presentations, you know, speaking at events, the book writing, my executive coaching, and then there's the Aurora side of it and the Aspa side of it with the product. So it's a beautiful, I guess, puzzle that sometimes <laughs> fits together and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but that's through, I guess, design that's how I've designed my life and so that I needed to get clarity around what's bringing me purpose and what's actually helping me to feel more energized and they are all the different elements that work for me at this point so special goodness you are a busy lady <laughs> yeah I don't you know meditation's important sitting still is good too <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was um I love, I've been listening to a podcast recently and the host always comes back to saying busy and happy aren't the same things, you know, and, and we rarely realise that when somebody says to you, how are you? And they say, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. We don't recognise that that is very different to, well, are we happy? Um, and and I kind of, yeah, have realised that myself in, in um, very recent times that busy and happy aren't the same things but it sounds like yourself you've got that perfect kind of harmony um, where you said it's a puzzle and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but you definitely sound very happy in your work even though you are busy (laughs) well we, we do talk about the word busy in our corporate workshops and we talk about the fact that um imagine if rather than saying, you know, if someone said, how are you? And you said, I'm really busy. Da, da, da. Imagine if you said, you know, someone said, how are you? And you said, I'm terrific. Mm. I'm feeling great. You know, and it, how much that changes our energy personally, the stories of what we're telling ourselves as well. So I think the, the language that we use, and that's where I love the work of Carol Dweck around the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, and we're all a mix of both, but how do we intentionally become more growth mindset focused? It is the stories we tell, no matter what research you look at, it is the way we frame things. And, you know, it's it's a really interesting part of the language and it's one of those things that if I could delete from everyone's vocabulary one word, it would be should. You know, oh, it's, yes. it's one of those words that comes with such burden. I should have eaten better. I should have exercised. You know, it's mm. this sort of negative um, energy we put on ourselves and, um, you know, that's one of the things that Carol Dweck has done enormous amounts of research into and, the real benefit of being in that fixed mindset and maybe it is I'm yet to get to where I want to be with my Mm. eating or I'm yet to exercise today not I should yes I love that and we we often teach ourselves or teach others the lesson we need to hear ourselves don't we so yeah well I think mm. a lot of the time people in our industry are in there because they're great at giving to others 
Yes. And I think it's about how good can we be at giving to ourselves because that's what we actually need. You know, what does it look like when you're actually making yourself a priority and being able to give to yourself? And, you know, when you look at what your strengths are, you know, the the strengths that are inherently within you, and if kindness is one of those, which is probably on the radar of every person that listens to this podcast because (laughs) of being in this industry, they are very kind people. But Mm. what about flipping that and saying, how kind are you to yourself? Yeah, that's true. And what does it look like when you're being kind to yourself? Is it that you're having a bath? Is it that you're saying no to something? Every day it's important that we have some level of kindness to ourselves, which fuels self-love and self-care ultimately. So wise. So many lessons, my goodness, today. I'm just sitting here taking it all in and writing down so many notes of myself and I'm sure people who are listening are doing the same as well. You're full of um, little insightful bits and pieces that in this pivotal moment of, of my time, and I'm, I've heard so many of our audience as well messaging me after episodes saying, oh, my goodness, this resonated with me or that's exactly what I needed to hear today. I'm sure uh, we're going to get lots of those messages today because you um, definitely have lots of little gold nuggets in here that everyone could listen to many times over and find something different on a different day that they need to hear it. So thank you. I'm learning every day myself. I'm a student of life. I don't (laughs) profess to have it all together. And, you know, it's every day it's about learning and growing. And there's so many fantastic resources out there for people to continue on with. And Robin Sharma, you know, if you wanted to listen to some podcasts, it'll inspire you with your business and being on top of your game, listen to Robin Sharma. It's R-O-B-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, his Life Mastery Series podcasts are fantastic as well for business owners. Um, Essentialism is a book that's really helped me, um, written by Greg McEwen. It's a fabulous one. The books that I've co-authored with my dear friend um, mm. is Chaos to Calm, which is what I saw every day in the spa, lots of chaos and how do we take them to calm so that's a a little book that we unpacked and the other one I've written is shine 20 ways to a happy life so that's the that's the bit that I get passionate and inspired about because I I see we have these keys to unlocking so much happiness and joy and self-love in ourselves without doing anything you know without we've got it all there available are we truly Mm. connecting in because so often we're living you know above our shoulders you know we're just living in our head where we're analyzing and thinking and strategizing and don't get me wrong that's all important but are we balancing it up by coming back into our heart into our gut feeling into our intuition and being that balanced version of ourselves so special. Thank you so much for that. And I will um, pop in the show notes, Essentialism, um, Chaos to Calm, Shine, and now Restore as well, mm, um, as well as all of the other little bits and pieces, the Extreme Art of Self-Care and Robin Life Mastery Series so that all of our audience can um, dive a little bit deeper down the wellness, self-love, um, intuition, all of the kind of things that we definitely need to be more focused on and um, externally at the end of the day that's going to make everyone a better business owner, a better therapist, a better wife, partner, sister, mother, whatever you may be. Um, when, you're, when you're filling your cup up, you can definitely give more um, to others. Mm, 
for sure. And I think when you're working every day, I have this little analogy that I like to say is, is it a shark or is it a piece of seaweed? And, <laughs> you know, think about things because sharks, you know, are life-threatening, um, but so often we are treating normal everyday events like sharks and that has an impact on your own health and well-being and you are the priority, you are the caregiver. So it's about us fueling up our tank and seeing more things as seaweed. I love that. I'm going mm. to write that down on a post-it note and put it right on my wall in front of me and my computer. I have a, a picture <laughs> of seaweed on my vision board, so always remembering it. <laughs> Amazing. And just to finish off, Lyndall, um, where can we find more about your wellness coaching, um, some of your workshops that you do um, and everything else, um, ASPA, Aurora and in between? Mm, right. Good question. Here's the <laughs> list. <laughs> so Aurora Spas have their own website. So you can go straight onto auroraspas.com.au. A spa as well have their own website, A-S-P-A-R. And um, they both join up those websites. So that's the first bit for the spa area. For myself with the coaching, you can head over to lindalmitchell.com.au and you'll see a lot more about me. And then for the corporate work that I do, which is um, with my dear friend, Shanna Kennedy, and we do the corporate work together, we're called The Essentialists. And that is the website called theessentialists.com.au. And that's where we do the masterclass of wellness. And you can see the books on there as well. You can't buy the books on the website, but you can buy them on Booktopia and plenty of other online sites as well. That's a pretty good rundown. (laughs) brilliant thank you so much for joining us today and all of your insight and just beautiful words you've definitely filled my cup up Um, I know this is one I'll be storing in my phone and subscribing to even just personally myself so that I can take some time out and listen to this um, as I am the audience uh, rather than the host because there's so many different little bits and pieces that um, I personally want to keep from here and I know our audience is definitely going to love that so I want to thank you for your time and um, your wise words today. Thank you it's such a privilege to share with the community and I think that's so wonderful how you are building a community when I started Aurora it was solo there wasn't really many people to talk to which is why I traveled overseas to Mm. create a global community and I met some incredible people that are still my mentors now and um, I think what you're doing is so valuable and for all of us to reach out and support each other is a really big part of what I'm really passionate about and why I was loving to share with you today so yeah thank you for having me Isn't Lyndall a special kind of human? I personally took away so much from today's episode and I hope you did too. As business owners, mums, partners and the rest of the roles we have as women, it's always a good idea to check in with yourself and ask yourself, are you okay? But to dig deep to find that answer. Honouring self-love and giving ourselves the ability to re-energise and focus is so important and I want to give you a mission this week of doing one thing for yourself, even if that's something as small as having a bath, putting on some foot cream or reading a book. In Lyndall's words, wellness is a way of life, physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually and I hope you remember those words throughout your life's journey. Until next time, stay connected.